0: We live, we love, we serve. And if that's too much, what do we say here? We live, we love, we serve. Perfect. Today, our text that we are going to be dealing with is in the book of Romans. So if you will turn to Romans chapter 7, we are going to be reading verses 15 through 20. I'm going to be reading it from the Message Bible. You can read it from whatever version you like, but Romans chapter 7 verses 15 through 20 you got it another second all right let's go ahead and read what i don't understand about myself is that i decide one way but then i act another doing things i absolutely despised So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Let's go to God in prayer. On this day, God, we thank you for your grace, for the unmerited favor that greeted us at the edge of our bed when we opened our eyes. God, we thank you for your grace that helped us When we are at the mountaintop, but when we are also in the depths of the valleys, God, we thank you for your grace that in this life has been a journey companion, even when we couldn't feel it, touch it, smell it or see it. God, we thank you for your grace one that never gets, goes old, one that never gets tired of us, one that never deserts us, one that never judges us. God, we thank you for your grace that you have, that is boundless. Thank you that it is for each and every one of us, whether we know you or not. Whether we love you or not, whether we appreciate you or not, God, we thank you for a grace that you offer that most times other people do not offer to us and we do not offer to ourselves. God, we thank you for your grace. For sometimes it was only the grace that got us through. We love you, God. And it is in your name we pray, amen, amen, amen. You may be seated. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. This portion of the letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome, to me, is one of the most spot on analyses of the internal human condition. Oftentimes when we think about betrayal and sabotage, we think about external forces and people that come into our lives, infiltrate our lives, mess up our lives at inopportune times. But what happens when we betray ourselves What happens when we don't have to travel further than the nearest mirror to see who the saboteur in our own lives is? What happens when we are the ones hurting us? When we are the ones ripping our lives to shred simply because there is something that we know we are supposed to be doing. A change that is supposed to be happening and we refuse to make it you probably even don't have to think that hard to know what that thing is you know that thing it's the thing that takes up a lot of mental real estate in your mind it's the thing that's keeping you up all night it's the thing that you wrestle with it's a thing that your friends are tired of hearing you talk about but not do anything about it's the thing you are talking about ad nauseam The thing that you know you're supposed to do, but refuse to do. See, it's one thing when you can feign ignorance, right? It's one thing when you can pretend not to know. I know a lot of people who walk through this life with purposeful blinders on, choosing not to know, choosing not to see, ignoring things, putting their heads in the sand. Because once you know a thing, then you have to do Something about it and some of us will do a lot of backflips trips flips and things to not know something So that we don't have to face it Because once you know then uh, you start getting this Uneasiness on the inside this angst This this wrestling that begins to happen and despite the fact that you know it You can't do it Paul writes, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So I know, but I stay in the relationship. I know, but I don't leave the job. I know. But I don't change the habits, even though the doctor is telling me that they're leading me down a detrimental path. I know, but I don't set the boundaries with my family. I know, but I keep saying yes when I really mean no. I know, but I won't start the business. We just don't. And I think that's what Paul is kind of getting at. Is that there is a vast difference between knowing something and doing something and how painstakingly difficult it can be to do something even when we know it's right, even when we know that peace is on the other side of the thing, even when we know our joy is attached to it, even when we know our safety is attached to it, even when we know because knowing is easier knowing is conscious it's heady it's intellectual it's information but doing is subconscious it's about your emotions it's about your feelings and sometimes your head has caught up to something your heart can't quite get aligned with quite yet and so we start to feel uncomfortable. Maybe not externally, but internally. It's called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when the discomfort you feel when your actions don't align with your beliefs. Your knowing isn't aligning, aligning with the doing that you should be doing. Paul says, I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. And it's very, very hard to make actionable change when you are holding two sets of competing beliefs about something. It paralyzes you. Yes, I believe that Everyone should be offered love, but I also don't think that I'm deserving of love, so I'm not gonna make the decision that leads me to love, because even though I think that everyone else deserves it, I don't think that I'm deserving of the Competing beliefs about the same exact thing, warring on the inside of the thing that I wish to do. I can't figure out how to do. The first time I went to London, has anyone ever been to London? All right, they got, they got fishing and ships in and, and gray weather in the London Underground, the tube. Anyone ever rode the tube? All right, and the first time I rode the tube, I was overwhelmed by all of the signs everywhere that says, mind the gap. Everywhere you hear, mind the gap, mind the gap, mind the gap. It was audio and visual warnings that were telling you to take caution when you were crossing the spatial gap between the doorway and the platform edge. There's a space between the doorway and the platform edge and if you weren't careful, you could step right into it. And living in New York, I was like, well, this don't make any sense because we got gaps too. Don't nobody have to give us no signs. We just don't step in it. Ah. Because even without the warning signs, even if you know that the gap is there, it doesn't preclude you from not ever stepping into it. I made an assumption, right, living in New York, that you could just go from the platform to the train. I wasn't minding the gap. And I think our mind does that too. It's why we get so much angst, because our assumption is that the step right after knowing is doing. So, we beat ourselves up because we know something and then we can't figure out why we, we can't do it. Because obviously if I know it, then the next obvious thing is to do something about it. But just as there is space between that platform edge and the train, there is a space between knowing and doing. There is a gap. <laughs> a crevice. A rift a hole, a break in in continuity. There is something in between the knowing or doing, that liminal space, that dank and empty space, and most of us live in it. Not physically, but emotionally, spiritually, mentally, we are in the gap. We're in the gap. We're in the gap. And depending on how uncomfortable the thing you know that you're supposed to do is that gap can be small or gargantuan you can be in that gap for a minute or i've been in a gap a cool many 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 years we don't mind the gap i have seen people do some interesting things in the gap i have done some questionable things in the gap. Paul talks about some of the things we do in the gap. Can I share some with you? All right, so we give up on ourselves in the gap. Paul says, so if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself, there is an abdication. There's a relinquishing that Paul gives of his decision-making. And often we say, well, I can't trust myself to make the right decision. I don't trust my picker. I don't know what to do, so I'm just gonna stay here. And so we don't trust ourselves and we give up on ourselves in the gap. But when we don't trust ourselves as believers, where is the obvious place that we go next when we can't rely on ourselves? Right, we give it over to God. In the gap, right? And it sounds real sanctified and holified. That's not a word, but it's going to be a word for today. We give it over to God. And that's what it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. Clearly, if I can't trust myself, then clearly I need whatever God is offering to help me do whatever I'm doing. You know, scapegoating God is a thing right we know using god as a spiritual crutch so we don't have to make decisions is a thing one of the sayings like i loathe is jesus take the will please don't say it near me (laughs) don't 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 say it don't email it don't make it the signature in your email because We ask Jesus to take the wheel when God created us to drive. Because if the car is your life, what you're saying is, I don't wanna really be in control of this thing. I don't wanna go over the potholes or deal with the detour or I wanna take a nap in my own life. Jesus take the wheel and handle my life while I just sit here. and then we pray and we tarry and we fast and we ask god to give us more wisdom about the thing that we already know to do and we don't realize that we have placed ourselves in a vicious cycle because we say i can't trust myself but god i trust you so god i give it over to you but if god gives it back to you and you don't trust yourself how god gonna give it back to you and trust you to do anything with it when you don't trust yourself how do you even trust then you ever been you know see trust that you're even hearing God. I don't trust myself is that God that said that to me or is that me cuz God's voice kind of sounds like me I'm not sure is it me was that me God was that you a vicious cycle so we give up on ourselves in the gap and we give it over to God in the gap and we create this cycle and then we begin to gaslight ourselves in the gap. Gaslighting is like an insidious game you don't know that you're playing. If you have ever been in an emotionally or verbally abusive relationship, then you understand what gaslighting is. And the thing about gaslighting is that it undermines your ability to trust yourself by false narratives that you believe. So you can no longer believe yourself. You no longer believe what you hear. You believe whatever is being told to you and you begin to repeat that narrative over and over. And the more you hear the narrative of someone else, the less you trust yourself. And when you don't trust yourself, it is very hard to make any type of decision. And there are all types. Of gaslighting spiritual gaslighting is a thing too it is when the religion and the doctrine and the scriptures are used usually by someone in authority as a way to invalidate your lived experience so it makes you question the spirit and the intuition that is God has given to you so we don't trust ourselves We have songs and scriptures and all of these things that validate the nasty narrative we are telling ourselves already. And then we just keep doing it. I can't be trusted to figure it out. And it says, so I need God's law. But then it says, that doesn't work either. So I don't trust myself. I have God's law. But now I need something more. And that's something more. You see that Paul then turns on himself. It's not just I'm having difficulty making a decision. He says something has gone wrong deep within me. One version of it says, oh, wretched man that I am. His inability to make a decision turns from just an inability to make a decision to shame it begins to say something to him about who he is. And if you think about it, we sing the songs Amazing Grace. How sweet the song that s- sound that saved us. We hear scriptures like the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? All the things that get us not to trust ourselves, to not believe in ourselves. Paul can't reconcile that he keeps knowing a thing. But not doing anything about it, and it says here we, he says we beat I beat up, I beat myself up even with God because the power of sin keeps sabotaging my best intentions. Now let's just clear out the sin thing. Sin is harmatia. It means an impulse. It means missing the mark. That is what he. I keep despite my best efforts to live the life that I was created to live. Something in inside of me keeps. Missing the mark. There's this impulse in me to not really lead myself in the direction of my best life. That is what the sin is. It ain't all the external stuff, whatever stuff. It is that internal impulse, the way in which we choose to make the mark, miss the mark. We beat ourselves up today for where we want to be tomorrow. So we give up on ourselves in the gap, we gaslight in the gap, we give it over to God in the gap, and then when none of that works, oftentimes we gather and gab in the gap. That means that, you know, you ever been like, you know what, I know I'm supposed to do this thing, but l- let me talk to three more people about it. <laughs> you know what, and then I'm a journal about it. I'm going to talk to my therapist for the next month about it. I'm going to make a pros and cons list about it. I'm going I'm to ask my mama about it. I'm going to just keep gathering information, hoping that more information is going to push me to do something. But more information is just more information. You already know it's not going to push you to do anything. And then some of us, we just talk, 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 talk. We talking, it's like, are you trying to convince yourself? Are you trying to convince other people? I'm gonna do this thing, because one day, (laughs) baby, you wait, it's about to be this. I'm gonna do talk, 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 talk. Or if you are a professional procrastinator like me, you plan baby i got a list i check it twice i'll be doing all the things listen if i don't want to write a script i'm like oh yeah you know what i think i need to do more research what does that word mean oh you know what let me redo this outline because i don't want to face that white paper with nothing on it so i'm gonna do everything else if you're an artist or a creative you know that that white paper that blank whatever that choreography that doesn't exist that canvas that ain't got no paint on it, you're like, well, maybe I just need some more color paints. And then, and I'm going to sit here and meditate on what I'm going to put on the paper when I get in front of it, right? (laughs) Because we don't want to actually do the thing. And so we're trying to procrastinate. Can I just, I'm going to take a parenthetical moment and just step over here outside of the sermon real quick, just for an extra little tidbit. You know, if there are things that you know that you're supposed to be doing and you don't do them, there are also people in your lives that know there are things that you're supposed to be doing that you won't do. And if you do them, it's going to inconvenience or change their lives. So they will sometimes be in the gap with you, trying to help you procrastinate. So often we sit and we listen to the person who is telling you they sit right across from you and they're like, baby, I'm going to change. We're going to live this life together. I'm going to go to therapy. Girl, let me show you my five year plan. Talking is not doing. Planning is not doing. So sometimes people just talk you into staying in your gap because it's going to affect them. So if you got some people in your life, just talk, 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 talk yeah. while making no action, if they behind ain't in across from the therapist, giving the care therapist the copay, they need to step to the left. If they're just writing the plan, but they're not helping you start the business, they need to step to the left. Because some of us are staying in the gap because we are listening to other people who ain't doing nothing. And they don't want you to do nothing either, family or not, friends or not, inner circle or not. So you need to watch who you listen to in the gap because they might be trying to keep you there because when you're there, they're comfortable. When they're there, you don't do no better. When you're there, you don't recognize that they are somebody who should be kicked to the curb. We give up on ourselves in the gap. We give it over to God in the gap. We gaslight ourselves in the gap. We gather and gab in the gap. You know what I don't see us do a lot in the gap? We don't offer ourselves grace in the gap. See, we talk a lot about God's grace. Like I said in the prayer, that unmerited favor But what about the grace that you offer to yourself? And that grace looks different. It it, it translates to being courteous and kind to yourself. It's about giving yourself a reprieve. When you give yourself a repeat, you take yourself off the hook. Because what happens is some of us are beating ourselves up so badly because we have not moved that it actually precludes us from doing anything because all we can see is our condemnation and our shame. But grace lets us ac- accept the gap between the knowing and the doing. It makes the journey journey a bit, a bit easier. I remember a few years ago, going to my therapist every single week, every single week knowing that there was a decision that I needed to make. And every week I would sit, sit virtually across from her and say, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm actually ever gonna be tired enough. That was my biggest fear. My biggest fear was that I was gonna never get tired enough of what was happening to make a difference, to do something my therapist was like, just keep, it's gonna happen. And every week, for, for months, I didn't know. And then one day I knew, but then I didn't do. So then I beat myself up for what I now knew, but didn't do. But one day, I said some of the most, I think, honest words that I had ever been able to articulate. I looked at her and I said, I know this is something that I have to do, but right now I don't have the courage or the emotional bandwidth to do it. And what that did was it allowed me to offer myself some grace. I wasn't I wasn't ignoring it. I wasn't scapegoating God. I wasn't trying to ask anybody else to fix it. I was simply saying that I needed to get a little bit more strength up to do whatever I was gonna do, but I was gonna do it. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to be honest, honest, right? I know I have to do this thing. And don't say, oh, why can't I do it? I don't understand why. You know why. Sometimes you need to name a thing so you can overcome a thing. As long as you keep saying, I don't know why, you know why, because you're afraid. You're afraid it's not going to work. You know why, because you don't want to be by yourself. You know why, because you want to please everybody. Sometimes we have to name it. Because when we name it, then it loses some of its power. All right. I don't have courage, but I don't really need to be absent of fear to make a move. I don't have the emotional bandwidth, but I can figure out how to re-energize myself so that I do. When you name it, then you have a process for getting out of the gap. But as long as you just, I don't know why, I don't understand the things I know to do. Paul didn't go that far. Paul stayed in the blame game of himself. I don't know the things that I do. But me saying that that day helped me refrain the gap. And why I couldn't make the choices. And I could forgive myself. And what I learned is that knowing and doing is bridged by your belief. Paul wasn't changing because he didn't believe he was capable of changing. Action is just implemented belief. I am putting this into effect. I am putting what I know to be true in effect because I believe that this is the best course for me. I believe that I am deserving of what's on the other side of this. So I'm no longer having two competing beliefs. I believe that I deserve. Some of us don't believe that we deserve any good things. We say we want them but we don't believe it and it says everything in our value system because our values are the set of standards and beliefs it's our actions our practices our beliefs our standards and you don't have to tell me what your values are I can watch you and know what your values are you can say I value honesty but if every third word coming out your mouth is a big old lie you don't value honesty you value deception and manipulation So we don't have to know what our values are because we walk with them. And often we, we operate from aspirational values. That's who we want to be. That's who we believe we are on the other side of the doing. But our practice values are what we live with in the moment. And all values ain't good values. You can have... You can have destructive values. Destructive values are values that say things to yourself like, I want everybody to agree with the decision that I'm making. Because then it makes it external. I have to feel good about every decision and choice I make. That is a destructive value. Because it means you're always going to stay in your comfort zone. Every good thing comes from God and every bad thing comes. from. That's a destructive value because God is just God. And sometimes life happens in the middle of that. So there are some values that we often walk with. And what I'm offering you today is just an opportunity to adjust what your gap is. To take a moment and think about what your values are. And if you don't know, sometimes you can ask somebody. Right, one of the exercises I had to do in therapy one time was like my therapist said, go to the people, make a list of what the adjectives that you would use to describe yourself and then go to the five closest people to you and ask them. You know, some of them things on the list didn't match. Uh, And some of you were like, oh. that's how I'm coming off because intent and impact are two different things you can intend something but the impact lands completely different and so if you're wondering what your values are you should ask somebody how do you think I'm showing up in this world And then if you find that the values and the way that you're showing up are contrary to the things that you say that you want, are contrary to the life that you want to live, to the things that you're supposed to get on the other side of the doing, then there's an adjustment that we have to begin to make. And they don't have to be leaps of adjustment. Sometimes we think we just have to make this big leap and then that makes it very scary. I am a person who believes in chunking things, small incremental things all right so you know you got to find a new place to live you don't got to pack maybe just go see an apartment you know you need to get a new job you don't have to quit yet maybe just fix your resume it's doing something small but it is an action that is saying I am worthy of what I know I'm supposed to do and for many of us right now we are probably in the gap and the gap hurts and the gap is lonely and it's dark and some of us don't even know how to get out of it and if you have difficulty I want you to stand if you're able all over the building if you know that you are struggling With offering yourself grace in the midst of your circumstances, I want you to come. If you don't think that you are deserving of the things that you know when you see that God has shown you, I want you to come. If there is something you know that 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 that you're supposed to be doing and you just haven't got the courage yet I want you to come because your gap even though your gap may feel lonely if you look around you're not alone And sometimes we believe that because I've been through something before, before I, because I've gone through things ago, we do say things about, oh yeah, I got a testimony and so I should know and I should, but it doesn't stop often when the pain comes. <laughs> it doesn't stop you from feeling the fear again. It doesn't stop you from trying to figure out what to do. The reality is, here's the, here's the, here's the truth. You don't have to do anything you're a you're a you're a grown person with agency you don't have to do anything you can stay right there if you want to but you can't stay there and have the expectation of the other stuff so if you don't want to stay there then you have to give yourself some grace so that you can go God for some of us it is so much easier to offer things to other people that we cannot offer to ourselves we love people better than we love ourselves we give them grace better than we give themselves we give people circumstances situation and spaces everything and then we are left feeling like we have nothing The people we thought were going to show up for us. The people we thought were going to help and carry us left us in the gap. We are angry. We are hurt. We are tired. We are disappointed. We are at our rock bottom. sometimes we are waiting for you it says the righteous man falls seven but gets up back eight sometimes we're expecting you to lift us up God when when we give ourselves grace our grace can lift us being a little nice to ourselves can lift us sometimes we just have to tell ourselves I'm safe I'm okay I'm gonna get through this I am gonna heal I won't always be this way, I will do better, I will get the courage, I will love again, I can forgive, my heart won't always feel broken, I won't always need to leave on somebody else, I will be able to pay my bills, I will get the job, I am victorious, I walk with victory, the kingdom of God is with me, everywhere I step is holy ground. We live, we love, we serve.